Hey, marketing today has gotten harder. There's so many new platforms. How do you reach the right audience? Fortunately, there's a simple way. LinkedIn can help you speak with the right professionals at the right time. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is Karen Kerrigan. She is the President and CEO of the Small Business and Entrepreneurship Council. She also chairs the newly formed Small Business Roundtable, a coalition of leading small business and entrepreneurship organizations. So Karen, thanks for joining me. Oh, it's great to be here, John. Thank you for having me. And I assume you're in uh, chilly Washington, D.C. today. That's right. Today it's chilly. We've had no consistent temperature, sort of like the policy environment and economy in general. So, but uh, we're having a we're having a pretty good day today. Uh, pouring rain, but um, anyway, it's it's busy though for sure. Are the cherry blossoms starting to peek out yet? There's, you know, they're starting to come out a little early, John. We've got actually at my home, in uh, right outside of of Washington in uh, Northern Virginia. Uh, the cherry, my front tree cherry blossom is, they're actually starting to bloom a little bit. So I think we could have an early year. We've had those before where actually the cherry blossoms came out and then we had a little snow on top of them, but, um, they're getting there. You could see the buds. And, um, so the national park service, I'm sure is hard at work, uh, coming up with the, the exact date of those peak blooms. So the tourists can all start coming in. So let's start with, um, Describing kind of the primary charge of the SBE Council. Sure, you bet, John. So we, um, SBE Council, we are an advocacy, training, and research organization dedicated to promoting entrepreneurship and protecting small business. Um, We work, we've been doing this for 25 years now, and we um, have uh, more than 100,000 members and small business supporters across the country and really do work on uh, the policy and economic uh, environment that's going to help um, uh, strengthen startup activity and um, and small business growth. So uh, a lot is focused on policy, um, both at the federal uh, as well as at the state level, and we do a lot of international uh, stuff as well. Um, and then we work with partners, whether they're um, other associations or corporate partners or government um, on you know, a, a variety of educational initiatives as well. But we're here to support small businesses, to give them a, an environment and, and a climate where they can uh, compete and grow and also encourage uh, individuals to pursue the path of entrepreneurship and um, and obviously having a a good economy most of the time. I mean, obviously, there's been great businesses that have started during depressions, but um, just having the good policy pieces in place and the ecosystem in place really does encourage um, people to take that risk of starting a business. And, and there's a lot of uh, policy things that we're working on that involve that. Well, so so that that is, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking through a li- as a listener here, um, you know, that sounds great at the global level. And I know that I benefit from all of that, you know, as, as a business owner. But, but what do you tell that local business owner, entrepreneur that says, okay, well, what's in that to me, for me? Like, how does that directly benefit me? Well, you know, I guess you could drill it down to specific policies, right? So if you look at, for example, you know, the latest you know, Square Gallup survey that came out a couple of weeks ago, and it asked small business owners what their biggest concerns are. Um, it was 
what you would what we hear a lot taxes regulation healthcare tariffs things like that and so on a very you know personal level with small business owners looking at their pain points like you know a complex tax system or higher taxes or um affordable health coverage or you know a regulatory environment that might be too burdensome we just work on the many pieces of that um you know to push through reforms, to push through legislation, to push through regulatory changes that are going to lessen the burden, you know, directly on small businesses, whether that be the tax or the regulatory burden, um, and and do things that are going to create um, uh, generally, you know, a better environment, business environment, so that consumers are spending, businesses are investing. So it involves a lot of things because there's a lot of different government agencies in Washington, whether it's the Department of Labor, the EPA, the IRS. Look at we do so much with the Federal Communications Commission because access to broadband is still a big concern and quality broadband uh, for many business owners and entrepreneurs. And we think that's really critical that everyone have good access to, to broadband so they have the opportunity to start businesses. Um, or even quality broadband so they could take advantage of all the new tools in the platform-based economy uh, to help them better grow their businesses and compete their businesses. So it involves just, if, if someone thinks about their business and what their pain points are and maybe how government um, gets in the way or maybe makes those things a little bit more burdensome and painful, we're working on all those pieces you know, to in, improve or to, to lift those burdens. Um, so does that does that answer your question a little bit more? And I know we could dig down into either, you know, deeper, you know, issues like healthcare or anything else. I want to go there to for, for one moment because that, that's certainly the topic that, I mean, you watch all of the political conversation. It seems like forever. It's not just now. Healthcare gets batted around by, you know, every side as, you know, the big issue. And and I think it's probably, uh, it's probably one of the biggest questions for certainly employers um, in in the small business space. Um, You know, where do you see the future of that? You know, because it feels uh, when you listen to people talk about, you know, healthcare and, and in this country, it feels a little bit unstable. Well, it does because it's, it's almost like you have well, the government's going to run it or it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's Medicare for all or, um, well, it is a little bit unstable, um, you know, but as we've worked on this issue for the past three or four years, even with the Obama administration, as we have on a number of issues, very making some good uh, headway on a range of things, you know, we, we do see light at the end of the tunnel, um, you know, some of the, the initiatives that we've worked on, which have come to fruition, um, include things like, you know, allowing for association health plans or for businesses to pool as part of an association or altogether where they can, you know, leverage their numbers to negotiate for more choices and, and, and more affordable prices in healthcare. And so we're, we're beginning to see more and more association health plans come to life. Um, I, I saw, that, for example, the National Association of Manufacturers just started uh, a big association health plan. You've got the restauranters who are starting them. You have many um, state-based associations who are beginning to start these association health plans. So we helped push that regulatory change forward over the last couple of years. But then once it gets enacted, John, you know, these things, 
there's lag time, right? And until like the regulation becomes final and then sort of the market responds to that. So, you know, that's one area where we do see some improvement where there was some extra taxes as part of the Affordable um, Health Care Act. Some people call it Obamacare. Um, we had a, a really good success last year where we were able to, as part of the year-end package uh, that passed both houses of Congress, both both houses of Congress and signed by the president, we were able to repeal the health insurance tax, which was a a tax on insurance companies, but really it, it directly hit small businesses. It was targeted towards the small group market, and so that's been lifted, and and we should see some relief for small business owners over the next year or so. A lot of little things like that that are taking place, um, short-term plans, which which are not for everyone, but we believe that transitional plans in the marketplace, if you currently work for a business, either a big business or another business and want to start your own business and you want to have some type of health coverage, you know, making these short-term limited duration plans, these transition plans a little bit more practical, you know, really helps that person to take a risk and say, look, I got something. I'm ready to jump out in the marketplace because actually not having health care is a big reason why a lot of people don't start businesses. So, you know, but it could, but as you know, John, you're right. I mean, it's, like you said, it looks like we're a little bit of turmoil. It depends on the election and what happens in 2020, because most of the candidates, the Democratic candidates have some form of, you know, Medicare for all or or something like that, or, or a Medicare for some, as I call it. And that will mean more government control of the health care. Um, and from our perspective, that has served in many instances to drive costs higher. So, um, but there have been some gains made. There's more to come. There's definitely more that needs to be done. But there's a host of things that have been done that were just the market really has to start embracing these and, 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 and have, there'll be more access to type of plans by small businesses um, once we see the associated health plans go full bore. But the other piece of that, John, I don't need to belabor this, but is that some of the states are actually suing uh, the government on association health plans, for example, and saying, well, the Trump administration exceeded its statutory boundaries. It, it doesn't have the, the right to do this. So when there is a lawsuit involved, that sort of stops some of these things from actually reaching the market. So, but but your observation is absolutely correct, you know, in terms of there is turmoil, and I think we'll continue to see that, um, you know, if we do have some big election changes in 2020. Did you know there are over 62 million decision makers on LinkedIn? Yeah, and even small and medium-sized businesses are making the most out of LinkedIn ads. They're using LinkedIn to get their voices heard and their messages to resonate with the audience. And it's not just about awareness either. LinkedIn ads are driving traffic and engagement. If you want to check it out, try for yourself. LinkedIn is offering a free $100 LinkedIn ad credit to launch your first campaign. Simply visit linkedin.com slash duct tape, D-U-C-T-T-A-P-E. That's linkedin.com slash duct duct tape. So there's some terms and conditions that may apply, but I urge you to go check it out for yourself. So move on. Let's move on to another topic. The as, yeah. as we as a, a 
society, um, country move more and more to knowledge and digital workers. One of the real challenges I'm seeing with a lot of businesses that still need skilled labor, um, they're really having trouble finding it. You know, the remodeling contractor is having trouble finding carpenters because, you know, people aren't going to school to be carpenters anymore. How, um, I mean, how, how would you suggest, um, I mean, I, I assume we're still going to need remodeling contractors for a while. <laughs> um, you know, how, how we, what, what are you hearing or what uh, initiatives are you working on uh, really to, to try to kind of keep, the, keep those types of industries and those types of training programs um, afloat? You're right, John. This is, we hear this from every single one of our members. And when I travel the country, their biggest challenge or their pain point, um, you know, is, you know, I talked about taxes, regulation, healthcare, but that was more involved with like sort of on the government side. But in terms of the operation of their business, you know, it's their number one issue. It's, you know, finding and keeping the employees that they need uh, to um, operate their businesses. And many of them are missing out on growth opportunities because they just can't find the people uh, to, um, you know, the skilled employees or even the employees to work in their businesses. And that's across all industries. And, you know, it's one of these issues, I think, that really is, you know, we're, we there are no short-term solutions to it, but I think, you know, a lot of what the Congress on a bipartisan basis have done to work together along with the administration, I think, are really making a difference uh, or will make a difference and have in terms of expanding and modernizing a lot of the apprenticeship programs to, you know, include more high tech, to include more of the workers that are going to be needed to build out 5G, the 5G infrastructure in this country. We, you know, we anticipate 120,000 um, more workers are going to be needed, skilled workers, to build out 5G, which is incredibly important to small business and to our competitiveness to have that next generation of mobile networks. The other piece is, is, is modernizing some of the laws, uh, for example, involving, involving uh, uh, grants, Pell Grants and student loans is, you know, student loans have primarily been uh, given to students who are going to four-year universities. Well, why can't we change that where students, uh, you know, can use, you know, those type of resources or those funds, you know, to do some type of training program, apprenticeship training program to, um, you know, to pursue the training that they need to go into a skills trade. I think the big piece also is, is, is culturally is just the value, um, you know, of all work. And that starts a lot as I meet with small business owners throughout the country and we're in some of these small towns, you know, a lot is, well, gee, the parents are saying, well, you have to go to college or you don't need, you shouldn't be working in this manufacturing plant. It's hard. It's, you know, it's like they're in terms of this, this type of work. I mean, it's good paying work. You know, it's, it's sort of like what the child's passion is or what they want to do. The parents sort of what they want the kids to do shouldn't replace that. So I think it's really this whole value of all type of work in this country and look at the wages are getting there. I mean, they're becoming very competitive for all this type of work. Um, and then of course, immigration, we're big supporters, we're pro immigration organization. We do believe there does need to be immigration reform of some of the programs, the H1B visas and all of that. But we also support increased, you know, immigration, you know, into the country um, because if we're going to have a growing economy and if we're going to have increased jobs, we need more people um, to come into the country who can fill those jobs. So we, um, 
we're we're fully supportive of that, and we continue to push, um, uh, you know, more immigration as a solution to our workforce shortages. Are there any uh, policies or regulations that you're working on right now that are kind of hot for you because that you feel like they're really holding small businesses back? Well, yeah, there's a number of them. I think, you know, on the um, well, one one big piece that we work on in terms of encouraging entrepreneurship and supporting small businesses to scale, you know, is access to capital. And it's one of our core issues that we've been working on. We, uh, unfortunately, there was a huge uh, bill, Jobs Act 3.0, that passed the House in the last Congress. Only four people voted against it. And it was a, a package of about 30 bills that would improve a lot of the securities laws to make them more modern and it would improve capital markets, capital formation. That didn't go anywhere in the Senate, unfortunately. So we're working from scratch. And we are building support both at the FCC and also in both houses on making some more improvement to debt and equity-based crowdfunding because we led the charge on making debt and equity-based crowdfunding legal. It took four years, John, to get those regulations implemented. It was crazy. Um, But now that we're starting to see some legs and some momentum around crowdfunding, about 2,000 um, startups or small businesses have used um, Title III crowdfunding, which is allowed, allowing ordinary investors to invest uh, in the businesses that they believe in on regulated platforms. And this is a good thing, but it's still a little bit too regulatory, still a little too costly. We want to increase the amount of money that can be raised from $1 million to $10 million because the average seed round for a startup is about $2.5 million. So that is a um, you know something we're working on in terms of taking this proven model. There's been no fraud, and saying, "Gee, we got to make this better, and we need to make it better for more businesses and more practical for more businesses to use." So that's both a, both a regulatory, you know, and a and a, and a legislative thing. Um, we also are working on um, you know with the uh, the National Labor Relations Board on what's called the Joint Employer rule, which sort of makes uh, very restrictive around, um, uh, you know, the the definition of an employee and whether they're an independent contractor and uh, the the, the relationship between the franchise and the franchisee um, and uh, is really hurting, you know, entrepreneurship and new franchise development and basically a lot of compliance burden involved with that. So the, the, the NLRB, the National Labor Relations Board, should be coming out with a new rule on that, and we're working on that. And then, you know, there's a lot of regulatory things the Trump administration is doing, and that's where the action is going to be, John, because we do see this stalemate between the House and the Senate um, this year, and there are some regulatory improvements that the administration is working on um, in terms of the National Environmental Policy Act, that would modernize that and make it easier for projects to be improved. This is really important uh, to building out our nation's infrastructure and getting some of these stalled infrastructure projects going. That's a big initiative of ours. And we're also working on, um, well, there's a whole host of things that I would encourage people to visit sbecouncil.org to sort of take a look um, at our agenda. But um, we're we're also very much involved with getting um, removing barriers to 
uh, 5G deployment, you know, so that we can get this next generation of mobile networks up and going. So we have faster speeds, more wireless service choices, more affordable speeds. I mean, it, it's going to be really transformative for small businesses and entrepreneurs to have 5G, you know, to allow them to use augmented reality and virtual reality to have customers to be able to actually, you know, try on clothes, you know, in, in, in the comfort of their own home or actually engage with their products and services so that they can make that sale right away. So that is another thing that we think, gee, we can work on without sort of having this partisan divide between the House and the Senate where there's actually bipartisan support to move forward. Um, and then trade is another thing. There's going to be agreements with the UK and India and the EU. And um, John, it's mostly small businesses that are engaged in global markets and more access they have to global markets um, and the barriers get taken down, then they could grow more, uh, invest more and, uh, you know, and sort of do what they do best for our economy. So that's just a little snapshot. I'm going on and on like a like a Washington person would do on the floor of the House or the Senate. My apologies. <laughs> well, that's all right. We covered a lot, um, we covered a yeah. lot, lot of ground there. So, uh, Karen, we have run out of time. Tell people where uh, they can find out more about uh, the uh, SBE Council. Yes, you bet, uh, John. So sbecouncil.org. And uh, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at SBE Council, LinkedIn, SBE Council, the same thing for um, Facebook as well, SBE Council. And, uh, you know, please follow us um, on our website, SBE Council. You could sign up for our e-news for free uh, to keep you up to date on all the things that we're working on that impact um, your business, small business, and entrepreneurship in general. Awesome. Well, thanks, uh, Karen, for stopping by, and hopefully we'll see you next time I'm in Washington. You bet, John. Hope to see you as well. 